lock and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. And greetings. Happy Monday. Welcome to the Steve Dace Show here live and on demand on Blaze TV. Radio and podcast. I am Steve Dace and he is Todd Erzin and he is Aaron McIntyre. And we have a jam-packed show lined up for you today. We're going to get into several big picture topics. Number one, at the bottom of this hour, our good friend Bob Vanderplatz will join us for his weekly spot. And if you watch the Dace Group on Friday, you saw my prediction that one year from now, this will be the list of Republican presidential candidates that agree to come to the 2023 Leadership Summit here in Iowa. And that also then means a year from now, if I'm anywhere close to accurate, we'll be breaking that down. We'll have an opinion on who did what, who connected with whom, who face-planted. Now, keep in mind, you know, the last time we had one of these with a bunch of presidential candidates was in 2015, and I was absolutely convinced Donald Trump face-planted, and I was absolutely wrong. So keep that in mind with all of the opinions you are about to hear. But I got to thinking about this this morning when I saw our buddy comedian Tim Young's like, why are you guys all shocked that Trump is going to run again? He did rallies the entire time and still wears his campaign hat everywhere. When you put it like that, it does kind of, you know, boilerplate it down for you. There, There is, even if we took aside the 2020 election steal, which I don't think you can do, and I've said on this show before, I have no issue at all with anybody. I'm a guy. I get it. I, I'm competitive. I get it. I have no issue at all with wanting to run it back strictly on vengeance grounds based on what happened the last time. I, I really don't have a problem with it. Like, you've, have you ever, have I ever criticized Trump for talking about that too much? I don't think I have one time. I, I have no problem with him talking about it at all. Right. Put myself into his shoes. If I got something stolen like that from me, I'd be. Hella yeah, we'd be talking about it a lot. I don't have a problem with that at all. And I, I know that a lot of my colleagues, even Trump, some Trump people that are far more Trump fans than myself do, I do not. Okay, guys, I totally get it. All right. Um, but let's take that off the table. There, there's a resume here that when you get past the name Ron DeSantis, I'm not sure anybody who is a realistic candidate in 24 could approach. Not even Liz Cheney. Not even Liz Cheney. So we will get into that with Bob Vanderplotz because it also still runs into two things. I just don't think anybody 80 years old ought to be running for anything like ever, like ever. Just shouldn't happen, period. And you still can't erase the fact the dude was cosmically bad on COVID, cosmically bad. And we are still paying a hefty price for that, which will be featured yeah. in a minute in Aaron's montage. And may plan on being cosmically bad on it in the future may, as well. May. And that's why, on the other hand, if you're one of those people, I'm going to give this field a chance after what I lived through the last 29 months. I can't blame you for that either. Right. This is the conundrum of, of Trump. I think both of these things have equal validity and, ra- and, and you don't have to compromise any of your conscience or integrity at all to be strongly convicted in either sentiment because there is ample factual evidence for both. We'll get into that here at the bottom of the hour. Uh, next hour, we are going to be joined by Matt Staver over at Liberty Council. There was a momentous win in the courts against Operation Warp Speed. I'm sorry, uh, COVID Stan. Uh, We will get into that uh, with Matt Staver next hour because that is something that definitely needs to be highlighted. And then I I spent uh, about three hours on Friday going through the nefarious footage. 
And then on Sunday, I got to thinking about something that was said in the message at my church on Sunday and how that connects to something that was within the nefarious movie footage that I saw that I want to draw attention to and connect some dots with. And uh, we'll do that in the final segment of the program. Uh, But before we get to all of those things, let us, of course, begin, as we always do, with Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away, brought to you by... Well, if you're across the South um, and you're in the middle of this wave, what's going to save you right now is Paxlovid? Yes, that's the scarf queen, Dr. Debbie Burks, just last week informing the country that Pfizer's new antiviral pill, Paxlovid, will be your savior for this round of COVID. Pfizer had previously stated that rebound cases of COVID after taking Paxlovid happened at a rate of about 2%. Well, this weekend we received confirmation that rebounds are indeed rare, so rare in fact that not only did the nation's leading infectious disease expert experience a rebound in symptoms, Anthony Fauci, a few weeks ago, this weekend Joe Biden announced he's got a rebound case of COVID as well. Meanwhile, in Australia... The benefits far outweigh the risks, but as the vaccine rollout now ramps up through the booster phase, there are a rare few who suffer serious side effects. Now the federal government is offering compensation for anyone who becomes seriously ill after having their COVID shot. It's been a long road to recovery for Maddie John. It's a really uncomfortable and um, quite a frightening experience. He felt like he was having a heart attack two days after getting the Pfizer vaccine. I just got this sharp pain that I've never experienced before in the centre of my chest. Diagnosed with severe pericarditis, he was off work for 10 weeks. You constantly worry, I suppose, that anxiety around, I suppose, we're talking about your heart. Maddie's not alone. It's estimated 79,000 people have suffered adverse reactions to vaccines. A survey from John Zogby Strategies of over 1,000 American adults finds 15% of them say they were injured in some way after taking the COVID jabs. Almost half of those who say they were injured say they experienced thrombosis. 15% say myocarditis and 20% say stroke. Back to the White House on the heels of the news the country is in a recession. White House says we should be thankful things aren't worse. You know, with respect to uh, food, we're a net exporter of, of, of agricultural commodities, and obviously the, the high prices are hitting Americans very hard, but uh, that in, in a way that is different from some places that are facing famine, for example. The Biden administration has quietly restarted construction of sections of border wall in Arizona. The administration said it's doing so to dissuade illegals from crossing the Colorado River and drowning. A new CBS News poll shows what could be shaping up to be a seismic shift in voting demographics in American politics. The poll shows Democrats only lead by three points with likely Hispanic voters ahead of the midterms, 45% to 42%. In the 2018 midterms, Democrats won by 40 points with Hispanics. Congress seems poised to pass the Inflation Reduction Act, which raises taxes on everyone making less than $400,000 a year and is chock full of pork for green energy. Essentially, we're all going to be paying more taxes so that the rich can buy more electric cars. 
The U.S. House of Representatives on Friday passed a so-called assault weapons ban, 217 to 213. The bill is basically an attempt to end the Second Amendment without a constitutional amendment. The bill is doomed in the Senate. In completely unrelated news, a veteran of the U.K. military was arrested recently for sharing a meme online which had made the transgender flag to look like a swastika. The 51-year-old man was arrested for, quote, causing anxiety. Another man who filmed his arrest was also arrested just for good measure. Aaron's Razor update, it's just demonic, bro. This reportedly took place at a Catholic high school in New York City. Her name is Britta Filter, and she is the queen of New York. Yeah. And now imagine, if you will, if John Adams were still alive. And then further, imagine if you showed him this video. The people who change what people think are artists and drag queens. And let's not forget who threw that first break at Stonewall. Yes. You know, that is what led to us passing the Equality Act in the House in this term, marriage equality. It starts with you. I mean, your patriots. You are. You are. You are patriots. And I'm so proud of you all. And finally, Supreme Court Justice Samuel Alito spoke in Rome recently where he talked about the overturning of Roe v. Wade. Over the last few weeks since I had the honor this term of writing, I think, the only Supreme Court decision in the history of that institution that has been lambasted by a whole string of foreign leaders. <laughs> who felt perfectly fine commenting on American law. One of these was uh, former Prime Minister Boris Johnson, but he paid the price. <laughs> Post hoc ergo propter hoc, right? <laughs> but others are still, yeah, are still in office, President Macron and uh, Prime Minister uh, Trudeau, I believe, are too. But what really wounded me, what really wounded me, was when the Duke of Sussex addressed the <laughs> United Nations and seemed to compare the decision whose name may not be spoken with the Russian attack on Ukraine. And that's what happened while we were away. Aaron's Montage brought to you by our friends over at Moink. Did you know a majority of U.S. pork production comes from a singular company that has, well, Chinese ownership? I like them apples. Uh, you can bypass that entire model and just get good old-fashioned farm-to-table food from our friends over at Moink. That's Moo plus Oink. Because at Moink, uh, they help you to know that uh, you are getting meat from family farms that you can also help to stay independent financially that give you grass-fed and grass-finished beef and lamb, pastured pork and chicken sustainable, wild-caught Alaskan salmon, and more delivered straight to your door. And you can cancel at absolutely any time when you make your order. And when you do make an order... Make sure you get it at moinkbox.com slash Steve. That's moinkbox.com slash Steve. Because if you do, 
You get free filet mignon in every order you make for up to a year. Free filet mignon in every order you make for up to a year when you go to Moinkbox, M-O-I-N-K, Moinkbox.com slash Steve. Coming up in the overtime today, we're going to get more into that story that uh, the Australian uh, media is now covering, serious vaccine injury. If you just do a little math, which I was doing there during Aaron's montage, uh, the if they're admitting 79,000 serious adverse reactions, that's what they're admitting to in Australia, uh, they have jabbed about 21.7 million people in that country as of uh, yesterday. That would mean the ratio of serious adverse effect per people jabbed in Australia, because that's the country that now in, in public in its media has given us the most thorough estimate that we have seen so far, at least that I've seen so far in the world, that would mean zero or 0.3% of those jabbed in Australia were given a serious side effect. Now you may, you may think, well, maybe it's worth, you know, risking it for just that. That's actually what the infection fatality rate is for COVID. About 0.3. So we are, we are back to what I was telling you beginning at this time last year. Everyone here is taking a risk. We do not know the long-term ramifications of even an asymptomatic exposure to a virus of likely malicious origin just as we do not know the long-term ramifications of being injected and repeatedly with experimental spiked protein nanolipid particle technology from messenger RNA. We don't know. Everyone here and this data pretty much just confirms that. Everybody here is taking pretty much the same risk. Pretty much the same risk. No one here. If you left your home today in anything other than a hazmat suit, or any day, frankly, in the last 29 months, you have taken a risk. You've, you've, you've accepted one of those two risks. One of those two. And so the, the, there, there should be, this should be a moment again with all this shared risk. Traditionally in the West, we have seen that this is what has brought us together, shared risk. And yet it is threatening to tear us apart. Why? Because it's not a, because the agenda here, and I had an epiphany about this in the shower this morning, I'll share in the overtime today. The agenda here is the same thing with the codification of gay marriage, so-called gay marriage and everything else. It's actually the same agenda. And yes, it's all demonic, but what's the, which the, what's the mission objective? What are they trying to do in the unseen realm with these policies? I think one word sums all of this up. We'll get into that today in the overtime. BlazeTV.com slash Dace is where you can go to become a Blaze TV subscriber to watch that later today at BlazeTV.com slash Dace. That's also where you'll be able to watch it later today after you are a subscriber or if you already are one. BlazeTV.com slash Dace. All right, let us get to the rest of what is in uh, Aaron's montage, particularly three things that I want to highlight. I just want, Aaron did a great job of explaining this in his montage. I just want to make sure that because he covered so much ground there, I want to make sure this gets highlighted. Paxlovid is so good 
And the rates of reinfection from COVID because of, because of Paxlovid are so low that arguably the two individuals in America getting the best health care our system claims it can provide, both are among those statistics. Anthony Fauci and the President of the United States. Run some numbers on that. About the odds of getting struck by lightning 42 times. What are the odds that something is a rare occurrence when it comes to health care, but it just so happened to happen in a span of a month to the two individuals arguably getting the best health care our system claims it can provide? What are the odds of that? You know what they say about Wuhan luck? Wouldn't have any luck at all. I mean, you couldn't run, you couldn't, no, no sports book would take a bet on that. That'd be taken off the board. The odds of that are astronomical as a random occurrence, which is why, guess what it isn't? A random occurrence. That's because it's, it's not one. Speaking of things that are not a random occurrence, Aaron, put the Zogby poll back up there. Okay, now, you should know, John Zogby's doesn't have the greatest poll, polling record in the last decade I, or so. I, I looked it up. He's like B or C on 538. Yeah. But let's just say he, he 50% exaggerated all of these numbers. And let, let, let's just say he 50% exaggerated all these numbers and instead, okay... The top five cited new conditions include 11% say autoimmune, 10% say blood clots, 9.5% say stroke or lung clots, 8.5% say liver damage or heart attack, and 7.5% said it disrupted their menstrual cycles or gave them Bell's palsy or uh, it's Gillian Barr, right? That's how that's pronounced? Or is it something like something that. Something like yeah. that, Okay. Or let's just go with GBS. I can pronounce that. There you go. Okay. Let's say in the healthiest adult demographic, John Zogby overestimated his findings here by 50% in any of those categories. And they were just the numbers I gave you guys. If they were just the numbers I gave you, would that not be holy bleep numbers? Yes. Yeah, hell yeah, they would. Because I, when I gave you the risk-to-benefit ratio in Australia from serious adv- ad- adverse effect from the, from the jab to infection fatality rate, you know what I didn't give you? A stratification by age. You know why that, ma- that matters? Because if, it's, if, if the IFR for COVID is about 0.3, regardless of stratification, what is it for 18 and 25-year-olds? They're going to be way on the low end of that, right? Mm-hmm. Of course they are. So if you're in that 18 to 49 demographic, even if Zogby overweighted his samples and just by 50% those numbers are, are you bleeping kidding me? Those numbers are astounding. I took them to a contact I have with Trafalgar Group, which is probably doing the best polling in America right now. I took them over the weekend to a contact I have with Trafalgar and said, you guys need to do this next with your track record. 
Because even if those numbers are exaggerated by 50%, and they're not. I mean, I basically took Zogby's eh, track record and, you know, took it into pin the tail on the donkey category. But I did that to illustrate how devastating those numbers are. And in the adult demographic, that was the least vulnerable from the beginning to the virus at the same time. I'll go further. They're just in the news today. New York City schools are going to mandate the shot for 12 and over. Yeah. But that's what you always have to remember in light of this. It's one thing, the risk you're talking about, you're an adult, call your shot. No, still, mandated jabs for children, knowing data like this. You see Justin Bieber is back touring again, apparently. Did you forget about him? How's his face? Exactly. Again, playing the odds, what are the odds that he's one of these people, maybe, ostensibly, who took the vax, the jab, I'm sorry, who took the jab and had this adverse event? Now, maybe, maybe I've just not been paying attention. I am not the greatest pop culture guy ever, but maybe I haven't been paying attention uh, for, for years and decades now. Is, is it just normal? Did you guys grow up watching ACDC and The Who and, mm-hmm. and all those guys? I mean, in GBS, Bell's Palsy, that just happens to all those oh, you guys, bet. right? Yeah. No, I mean, what typically happened is like Bon Scott and yeah. uh, John Bonham, they, you so, know, drowned on their own vomit, drinking too much drinking to death. So what's, That typically happened, yeah, but not GBS what, or seeing this one out for facial paralysis, yeah. guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So, what's the odds that um, the you know half of half of half of half of one percent celebrity ends up with something like that? What's the odds? And then what's the odds that his wife also had a stroke? Yeah. Start running those numbers. Oh well, birth control can cause strokes in rare cases as well. Severe heat. Um, you know, do you think? How I mean, many, there was a guy that I, I read over the weekend. A guy died because he was too excited about yeah. his grades. A how, college student yeah, just how, how collapsed. Many, he was so many, excited. How yeah. many actresses and celebrities, female celebrities, are on birth control? Like all of them. Mm-hmm. Like all of them. Hear that? Hear hear strokes all the time. All the time. Start running those numbers. What are the odds of that? You know, Pfizer. I'll leave it at this. Pfizer says the rebound rate is two percent. Well, 100% of heads of NIAID and uh, presidents of the United States had rebounds. So there's, there's some numbers for you as well. Yeah, I'm thinking when the, uh, when the two most important patients that you could, prob- you could possibly treat out of 360 million people, the nation's <clears throat> infect- foremost infectious disease expert and the guy that's the front for the presidency. When they both have the same issue with your treatment, you might want to go back and run your 2% number. Because you got to think, they'd probably get the best of what you've got, wouldn't you say? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you probably wouldn't want two guys with those profiles having a relapse because you can't hide that. And yet here we are. Let me tell you, there's something else you cannot hide here. Switching topics. Because we'll get more into this topic in the overtime today. I don't know in all of American political history there has ever been a one swing from one party to the other of a major 
demographic slash minority group. Like what the exit polling is claiming happened in the 2020 election and what the pre-election polling is showing is going to happen in 2022 as things stand right now. I think tomorrow is 100 or 98 or something days until the election. Um, I, I, I don't know that anything is 40, 40 points, 40 points. Here's the thing. Todd and Aaron right now, top three things the GOP's Hispanic outreach program has done successfully here uh, in the last 22 months. Uh, go. That and the border is wide open right now. Yeah. There is no successful Hispanic voter outreach Correct. program. Uh, the guy who said Mexico needs to stop sending us their murderers, rapists, and thugs and wished you a happy Cinco de Mayo while eating a taco bowl, okay, got more Hispanic voters than any Republican presidential candidate has in about 20 years. And since he left, <laughs> Republicans have literally like done nothing, like nothing. There, there, first of all, there is no Republican voter outreach program for any demographic. I posted these Hispanic numbers on my Facebook page today and someone wrote back to me, well, we know the GOP is just going to fumble this. And I wrote back, if, if we give them power, I wrote back to him, can, can someone fumble if they never took the handoff? You know what I'm saying? No, you're, we're going to put them back in power, but they're not taking the handoff. Like you think you're running an offense, you called the play in the huddle and they're your players. And they'll go out there and execute your... No, they won't. They're going to go out there and run their own play. They, they don't care what you think. You're nothing to them. You're just a booty call vote. That's all you are to them. I mean, I, I saw in that same poll over the weekend, 68% of Republican voters believe Republicans in Congress are fighting for them. If that's true, I need, I need a career change. If 68% of Republican voters really think, Ukraine... And ad VARES? I don't even know that exists, let alone what's in there. Couldn't tell you. Okay? Don't you know the answer to that? And and if 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 sixty-eight percent of Republican voters think whatever the hell this Republican congressional delegation is, except for like five people, right on the heels of gun control and everything else, if 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 they think if you if if I I mean, what are we doing here? Seriously, everyone just moved to Florida now. Enjoy the second term of Ron DeSantis. Because the clock's about to run out on, on this thing called America, if that is the opposition party. 68%? Gedang me, denang me, somebody get a rope and hang me. All right? That's my response to that poll. <laughs> Good Lord. Somebody call OJ free this weekend? Because we're not free anymore. That notwithstanding, back to the Hispanic poll for just a moment. <laughs> That's the best use of that notwithstanding I've ever heard. <laughs> there is, there's no justification for this other than a repudiation of another, like in the past. All right. I've told you guys before, uh, Harry Truman pulled off the biggest upset in American presidential history because black people weren't even polled in 1948. And then secondly, it was just assumed they would always vote Republican forever because they did since Lincoln freed the slaves. And then uh, Truman got nearly like 50% of them. And it was because he had integrated um, and desegregated and integrated the military. And they honored him with that. And no one saw 
mountains of black voters coming to Democrats. Um, but that was an affirmative, pardon the pun, that was an affirmative action, right? Harry Truman did something to woo that voting block, right? Mm-hmm. There was an agenda there. Um, and then the, the the migration was complete in the early 60s when JFK picked up the phone and called MLK in jail. And then 1964, Lyndon Johnson signs the Civil Rights Act of 1964 and the Voting Rights Act. And, and so the full migration of black voters to the Democratic Party from the Republicans was complete. But that, again, was because of an agenda. And yes, you can save me the emails. I know a bunch of Republicans are who voted for the Voting Rights Act. I get all that. Okay. Just, he, there was a Democratic president. You can save me your emails. I'm not Rachel Maddow. You don't need to clarify that for me. Okay. The point is, though, that the other side did something to try to woo you to join them, Right. What have Republicans done here, like anywhere, like anywhere, to uh, to initiate a 40-point swing in Hispanic voters? You're talking about, like, on average, about 13% of the electorate in the last two decades. This is not an insignificant population base here, folks. Okay? We're talking as big as the black population, if not bigger. Nothing is the answer. The reason why you're all quiet is there's nothing. They've done nothing. Nothing. Absolutely friggin' nothing. They've just literally, and not because it was a strategy, but because they either didn't want to stop it or agreed with it, they have just allowed Democrats to cloward pivot this thing. Systemically everywhere. And now a bunch of people in, in the Hispanic population are like, my parents like left Honduras for this. <laughs> My parents left Ecuador and Mexico because of stuff like this. What are we doing here? This is this if it, if this plays out 99 days from now. It'll be unlike anything we've ever seen in American political history. Unfortunately, there are not a lot of options these days to avoid doing business with people that hate you, Um, which is why when one does present itself, take full advantage of it. And thankfully, one place where such an opportunity exists is with a product we all pretty much have to use these days, and that's a mobile phone. And that's with our friends over at Patriot Mobile. They are America's really only, well, American uh, cell phone company with pretty much the same signal strength and coverage you get from all the big uh, boys because everybody uses the same towers these days but now you'll have the peace of mind of knowing you are not directly funding the people that hate you but actually uh, take a portion of the proceeds and the profits you give them to support the kinds of efforts that won recently at the U.S. Supreme Court and in other places if you want to make the switch today I know what you're thinking it's going to be a big hassle I thought the same thing for really for several years. And then finally, when my 20-year mobile carrier T-Mobile announced they were going to censor text messages on COVID that they disagreed with or were, quote, disinformation, that was my tap out. I'm just, okay, I don't care how big of a hassle this is, man. I have to salvage whatever shred of dignity I have left and make the switch. But they did a great job helping our family make the switch. And I've heard from so many of you, they've done it for you too. So why not your family? Make the switch today. Get a free activation when you use the name Steve, that's me, at patriotmobile.com slash Steve. That's patriotmobile.com slash Steve. And if you're a veteran or first responder, let them know when you go to make the switch, they'll give you bigger savings as a way of saying thank you for your service. You can also just call them at 972-PATRIOT.
Let's bring in our good friend, Bob Vanderplatz from The Family Leader. How are you, brother? Doing really good. Had a great weekend. How about you? Same here. Uh, so last week when uh, you took the week off after holding a big event called the Leadership Summit, we spent your normal time slot here just uh, talking about the event and some of the things that stood out to me. Mm-hmm. And then on Friday, you know, we have this complete McLaughlin group ripoff we do every Friday called the Dace Group. And at the end, we all have a prediction. It could be about anything. My prediction last week was listing the seven names I was the most confident would be at next year's leadership summit running for president. Okay. Which would mean then this, this time next year, this week, next year, you and I are going to sit here in this studio and have a conversation about what just happened, what just happened with some of those names. How did they do? How did they perform? Right. Okay. And the biggest name of course is Donald Trump. And I was thinking about him as a candidate this morning when I saw our friend conservative comedian Tim Young tweet out, the guy's been holding rallies this whole time and constantly wears his campaign hat. Why is anybody acting shocked about whether he's going to run again? <laughs> he's been telling everybody. Yes. I've got a bigger nose. Comedians have up. a way of putting things right on the nose that kind of you know boilerplate it for sure. you. So after I read that tweet from Tim, I started thinking about him as a candidate and sort of this the Trump conundrum, if you will. And I I put out these two tweets and I want to get your reaction to them. First, I am hardly, as I think anybody listens to this on a daily basis knows, I am hardly a Trump fanboy. But there are at least four real reasons, and I could come up with more, it's just I have limited characters on Twitter, okay? But there are at least four real reasons to support another run by Trump that have nothing to do with shilling for him whatsoever. And that's setting aside, they stole it from me in 2020, which I'm actually sympathetic to, but setting that, that, that aside for a second, just look at his resume. The over, overturning of Roe, energy independence, charted a new path to real peace in the Middle East, We wouldn't have Governor Ron DeSantis for as much publicity as he gets from me and people like me. There would be no Governor Ron DeSantis without Trump. Um, And that means he helped blaze a trail politically for underfunded people to win primaries like DeSantis did, you know, four years ago that he wouldn't have won in previous pre-Trump environments, probably. So I think that there's at least those reasons where you you, you, you don't compromise any portion of your conscience or integrity at all with that resume if you're all in but here's what's also true now my personal opinion i don't think anybody 80 years old should be running for anything like ever period ever should just never happen that aside though this is a fact that first one was my opinion the second one's a fact trump's covid record was cosmically bad And with things like the Zogby poll we were just talking about with the jab side effect rates and everything else, it's only going to actually get worse. However bad you think his COVID record is now, it's actually only going to get worse because we're just now getting into the downside of lockdowns and the lack of screenings and everything and child development and everything that that also costs. However, those criticisms notwithstanding, which is why I hear from another group of you in my inbox all the time, after the last 28 months, I'm never voting for him in a primary ever again. There's ample evidence for that position too, right? But here's the conclusion you have to ask yourself. DeSantis aside, who is a real candidate in 24 you think could even approach Trump's resume? Including actually taking sides actively against the establishment in a primary like he did with DeSantis, like he's doing with Carrie Lake right now in Arizona, for example. I, I, I don't think there's one. I, don't, I thought about it, went through all the names, 
I don't think there's a realistic candidate I can sit here and say right now would approach Trump's resume other than Ron DeSantis. So herein lies a conundrum that we may or may not. Now, if DeSantis is not in this race at this time next year, I don't think we're having this conundrum question at all. Fair? Very fair. Okay. If he is in this race, then this is the conundrum question we're going to be asking ourselves, right? So what are your thoughts, Mr. Kingmaker? Well, Mr. Kingmaker, first of all, you, you tied the leadership summit to it. If Trump is a candidate for the GOP primary, I don't think there's anybody who's going to beat him. I think he will be the GOP nominee. Matter of fact, I don't think DeSantis runs. Uh, I don't think Christine Nome runs. There's a lot of others that won't run. Mike Pence may run. Mike Pompeo may run. But I think the odds on Trump is going to be your nominee. So the key isn't going to be, can he be the nominee? My, my thought, even with Fox News banning him right now, that only bolsters his chances of being the GOP nominee. The question is, can he be president again? So, Steve, what you just said about his resume, I totally agree with. We've got a lot, there's a lot of good stuff you got out of Trump. And matter of fact, if that would have been the argument, I think in the 2020 election, election fraud aside, he should have demolished Joe Biden. And if it's about the future, about what's going to happen in the future, I think he has a really good standing for it. But I think what's going to be is we're going to keep debating the past. So the big issue isn't, can he be the GOP nominee? I think he will be the GOP nominee. Can he be president again? How's that playing of a leadership summit? I don't think he hardly have any candidates. Unless you have, matter of fact, I'm not so sure Trump shows up at our leadership summit because it won't be just his leadership summit. See what I'm saying? Why wouldn't I just have my rally? Would Pompeo want to be there? Would Pence want to be there? Would Liz Cheney want to be there? Would others want to be there? Of course they would want to be there. But does that mean they can win? The only thing would be is if a guy like DeSantis, who I think you're right, has a great resume and could probably go toe-to-toe with Trump, and national polls are showing right now, he could go toe-to-toe with Trump. Um, I'm not so sure if he wants to take that risk right now. So this is fascinating because I didn't know how you were going to answer this. It appears you and I have maybe switched positions from where we were a few months ago. Because the last time you and I talked about this publicly or privately— you you clearly thought there was going to be an Iowa caucus. There would be some form of a competitive Iowa caucus. I still believe there will be. And, and, I, and I thought th- there was very little chance Ron DeSantis was going to run. I actually do think he is going to run now, regardless of what Trump does. I, I just think um, he's term limited. The fundraising machine that he has built there, the idea that I'm going to raise... $200 million or whatever it is that he's raising right now that is largely grassroots fundraising mm-hmm. for a race that he's going to win by double digits and he won't have to spend a drop in the bucket of that. And he's just going to sit around for four years with all that money sitting in an account, you know, you know, waiting for Trump to make Elise Stefanik his running mate and then try to, you know, pass the baton to her four years from in 2028. You know, I, I just, and when you're, when you're, when you're within the margin of error of Trump in places like New Hampshire, as you were just pointing out, sure. when in, in Florida where there's no name ID advantage and you and Trump are equally very popular and you're destroying him in those primary polls, it's very hard to tell a guy with his ambitions, even though he's younger than me, I think he's what, 43, 44? Yep. Tell, it's very difficult to tell someone with, with a working penis and ambitions and $150 million, $200 million in the bank, hey, just sit aside for five years and wait your turn. I, I just... If, frankly, if he's yeah. the guy that you, we think he is, yeah. I can't. I, I almost would be more insulted if he did do yeah. that. See, and, and I don't see that happening. Matter of fact, if if DeSantis, because I'll tell you the one thing that I hear all the time, 
People list Trump's resume and all the accomplishments, but they follow it up right away with, but it's time to turn the page. It's time to move on. And they start going to Ron DeSantis, and they mention other names too, but DeSantis is the, the predominant name that they're mentioning. If DeSantis says that he's in, regardless, I think then it's going to be, you know, all you know, no, no holds bar. Everything's out on the table. I think it's going to be one heck of a primary. The fact is, though, I don't think that makes Pompeo go out. That doesn't make Pence go out. That doesn't make Christine Nome go out. If DeSantis gets in, I think it broadens the field. And if it broadens the field, Trump knows one thing. He wins by the power of division. His See, if people I'm DeSantis, are going to stay If I'm DeSantis, him. I actually want the other guys to run. Especially if I'm DeSantis, I'm begging Mike Pence to run. Because that would take Trump's ire. Yeah, absolutely. And, 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 there, and therefore, I'm at least going to get one, maybe a couple of those big 30, 40 million viewer, you know, primary debates that we're going to have next year if these guys all run. And I'm at least going to get one, if not two of them, where I'm going to get to do my own thing over here and have a one-on-one shot with all those voters while, while, while Donald Trump is playing with his food before he eats it called Mike Pence for mm-hmm. two hours in both of those events. Well, here's what's going to have to happen then. So if you're DeSantis game planning this out, and saying, okay, Pompeo's running, Pence is running, Liz Cheney's running, whoever's running. DeSantis says, all right, I'll go and I'll let the food fight begin, but I'm mm-hmm. going to be in this race as well. At some point, DeSantis has got to make it really, really clear, look at guys, there's only one of us who can beat Trump head to head. You cannot pull a case H here. Everybody's got to unite around me. Then I think a head to head race, I think now it's game on and maybe even advantage DeSantis. But if Trump runs... I'm I'm more and more convinced if Trump runs, odds are he will be the GOP nominee. But that does not mean he'll be president again. And that is something President Trump has got to calculate. Because if you give away a surefire win to conservatives, that's a horrible legacy at 80 years old to leave behind. One year from now, do you think Ron DeSantis is at the Family Leadership Summit? I do believe he's there. I believe we have a host of candidates there because I, I really believe at the end of the day, I'm not so sure Trump pulls the trigger. And, and you runs. really, you I think re- he, you really still think he may not run. I, Trump, Trump understands one thing. Because I mean, he, the, the, the art of the deal is leverage, right? Right, right. The leverage he has is what? I'm, I'm going to run again. I'm going to be a potential candidate. I'm going to have a rally. I'm going to go endorse this person or that person. His leverage is I'm running again. I'm taking on Biden. I'm taking on the establishment. I'm dismantling everything. He's got to take a look at a 2020 loss. I know he believes it was a, f- a fraudulent election. There's a lot of proof to that, but he still lost. Georgia, I, I mean, that was a Republican win by four percentage points, generic ballot. Both, both those Senate candidates go down. If he goes in and loses again, and this time it's not about fraudulent election, all that other stuff. That's not the way he wants to go out. He would be better putting his machine behind a DeSantis. But I also believe this, Steve, what we're talking about. I don't think for a second, a lot of people say, well, DeSantis will be the VP. I don't think for a second DeSantis is going to be the VP. Because DeSantis may read the tea leaves the way I read them. Will Trump ever be president again? And if you go down in a general election, uh, that hurts DeSantis as well. Hmm. Similar to DeSantis, I cannot imagine an alpha male with 200 million bucks in the bank and who's term limited just sitting around for three or four years with all that money and just waiting his turn. I can't. 
more I think about it, I can't see it. I also can't see an $80 million alpha male or 80 year old alpha male with billions of dollars and literally nothing else left to do in life. Just except, deciding, except, guys, I'll just, I'll just, I'll just sit out the, the biggest narcissistic spotlight to feed your ego known to man. I just will yeah. sit the whole thing out. I can't see that either. But in your, but in deference to you, you have known him longer than me and he did reach out to you when he was going to run in 2012 in that cycle, mm-hmm. brought you out there to, to, to Trump Tower, right? Showed you the campaign, promotional literature, yeah. trying to really sell you that he was really going to do this. And, and like three days did. later, didn't do it. Didn't do it. Yeah. So you do have some experience with him showing it, make, making a strong showing that he was going to do this and then not following through. President Trump has been very good at knowing What's going to draw the media? What's going to give me power? What's going to give me? There's so much there. At the end of the day, he still makes the needs to make a decision that this is the right thing for me to do when it comes to my legacy. And if he's in, if DeSantis is in, game on. Let's be one heck of a primary. Hmm. All right. Good stuff, my friend. Appreciate it. All right. God bless. All right, Todd and Aaron, I want to get your thoughts after we remind people about our friends over at Rough Greens. If you're a dog owner, you love that little pet, and uh, giving it to taking care of it means more than just food and water. That's why you're looking for helping its overall health, and that's where Rough Greens comes in, because chances are the food you're buying at the store was stripped of all, a lot of the vitamins, minerals, and nutrients that your dog needs for the same reasons they strip it from the people food these days because of our mass distribution and processing system. That's why humans take so many supplements nowadays, and now there's one for your pet. Try it, the first 14-day Jumpstart bag. Try it on us for free to see if you don't see a difference in your pet in two weeks or less. You just pay for the shipping, but the bag is on us when you go to roughgreens.com, R-U-F-F, because that's what it's called, Rough Greens. Roughgreens.com, R-U-F-F for roughgreens.com, or you can call them at 833 833- Rough Dog. Again, that's 833-ROUGH-DOG. And our dog, Cap, absolutely loves this stuff and endorses it, by the way. He told me. Or at least he showed me, by the way. He licks the side of his bowl. All right, gentlemen, your thoughts on Bob's breakdown of what we could be looking at a year from now. I will just say I agree with Bob that I'm not so sure Trump runs, and I've been on the record for that uh, for a while. Listen, Trump, does. he wants to be anointed. He does not want to come here and have to put in the work. Look, he already he lost to Ted Cruz here. If 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 DeSantis is in, he could easily lose to DeSantis here. He doesn't want to put in the amount of legwork that is required to do this race. And in many respects, I can't blame him at his age. That's why I agree wholeheartedly with Bob that he is a much, alpha male or not, he is a very tough decision on his hands here. And you two know how important this Iowa thing is here. If he gets broken here in Iowa... None of us can possibly understand what the rest of the game is going to look like. Hmm. Aaron. You know, there was only really one scenario in the past that I thought Trump would, uh, that I would thought would preclude Trump from running. And that's just his decision and his decision alone. Want to enjoy retirement. I don't want to put in, I don't, I don't want to be meeting with the uh, vice president of uh, Guatemala while I could be playing golf down at Mar-a-Lago. I thought it was going to be something like that. I can actually see another scenario now. If somehow Ron DeSantis actually announces his candidacy before Trump, that might actually force his hand to say basically what Todd was saying. I I ain't going to do this. So if he is going to run, I would expect probably announce an announcement within the, the year, the end of the year. Hmm. When we come back, big win at the courts. Matt Staver from Liberty Council, who was a part of that victory, will join us to discuss it next.
we're back with Hour 2, live and on demand here on Blaze TV, radio and podcast. Steve Dace here with Aaron McIntyre, Todd Erzin, and all of you. Let us know what you think about what we think via the SteveDace.com inbox by emailing the show, steve at stevedace.com, D-E-A-C-E. You can like us on Facebook, MeWe, Parlor, and Gab. Follow me at Steve Dace Show on Twitter, Getter, TikTok, and Instagram. You can also uh, find us on Trump's Truth Social, at Real Steve Dace there, at Real Steve Dace. And they get clips of the show without any censorship that are also free to watch when you go to rumble.com slash Steve Dace Show as well. If you live in Tennessee, particularly the Chattanooga area, I am coming to you this weekend. I'll be doing, uh, I think it's three different services and then a Sunday night program at Calvary Chapel Church there in Chattanooga, Tennessee. So if you're in that area, feel free to come by and uh, say hello, go to one of those. And um, I plan on giving a very provocative message, which probably will shock none of you uh but that'll be at calvary chapel in chattanooga tennessee this weekend looking forward to that also i was looking forward to trying one of our new partners on the show cozy earth when i read uh all the great reviews for uh their bed linen and i gotta tell you man i I don't know what bamboo bedding is i don't know but i will tell you this it sleeps good i mean these sheets are Phenomenal. Uh, bedding so soft, luxurious, temperature regulating, perfect for the summertime. So comfy. That's why they've got thousands of five-star reviews at CozyEarth.com. And I was reading some of those before I tried them. Uh, I guess bamboo is like breathable and moisture wicking. I'm hetero, so I don't know what any of those things, proudly don't know what any of those things mean. I can just tell you as a dude, man, uh, it, it's the dead of summer and I slept coolly and great and comfortably. All right. So if you want to try them, they've got, they come in four natural colors for a limited time. You can save 35% on Cozy Earth bamboo bedding when you go to Cozy Earth, all one word, CozyEarth.com slash Steve to save that 35% off. All backed by a 100% night sleep guarantee. CozyEarth.com slash Steve. That's CozyEarth.com slash Steve. I'm going to guarantee our guest here in a minute also doesn't know what breathable and moisture wicking fabric means because he also is hetero. So he probably doesn't know what these things mean either. We bring in our good friend Matt Staver from Liberty Council who got uh, a big win uh, over the weekend. Matt, good to have you back on the show, brother. How are you? Very good. Good to be with you today. And uh, you're right. I, I don't know what that, all those words mean. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But dude, so. <laughs> but, but, but dude, you do know how to get $10.3 million settlements. You do know how to do that. Okay. We do know how to do that. We do know how to do that. Yeah, we had a huge, huge uh, development last Friday. We filed a $10.337 million settlement in the federal court against North Shore on behalf of about 500 plus employees who were terminated or they were forced. Some of those succumbed to the pressure and they got the jab, but others were terminated because of this jab or job mandate from North Shore. They dug your heels in. We filed suit. Now it's the first settlement class action in the country against a private employer. And it sends a big message, Steve. I know you've been sending this message on your show. This sends a message here that these employers must via, must uh, abide by the law. They can't continue to abuse their employees and force them to choose between their job or the jab, as was done here. And North Shore, by the way, as you know, is not alone. 
in these violations. So more of these kinds of cases are coming down the pipe. I'm guessing, Matt, that they didn't agree to a $10.3 million settlement because they liked their chances once they got through a discovery phase and a trial in a federal court, right? They, they're not just no. out to just hand you guys $10.3 million uh, just to make you go away, but because they didn't like their odds. No, they didn't like their odds. Uh, once they got to look at it, uh, you know, and it's very similar to these other employers like Tyson, for example, some of the airlines did the same thing. They said no job if you don't get the jab. And that's what North Shore did. And so once we got into the litigation and they began to look more closely at this and our legal arguments, they began to realize, you know what, the handwriting's on the wall. This could be a very expensive trial and they're going to win. They could even, uh, they're going to lose and they could even uh, lose in a greater extent uh, than this. So uh, this is a big settlement. It's a real settlement. Unlike a lot of class actions where some of the people in the class just get a little certificate or a coupon, this is real money for these individuals. So it's going to be about uh, $25,000 for those who have been terminated and $20,000 additional dollars for those plaintiffs who were terminated. They will get a total of $45,000. Everybody who was terminated will get at least $25,000. And then those who never lost any income will still get $3,000 roughly a piece. But in addition to that, or $6,000 a piece. In addition to that, uh, they have all their jobs back. So they're changing the policy mm. and everyone is eligible for rehire. And now they've agreed that going forward, they will not do this blanket denial again. They'll have to individually evaluate each person and provide reasonable accommodation. So everyone has their job opportunity in front of them if they want to. They can choose to go back or they don't have to go back. Either way, they're going to get compensated. Matt, as you know, the classic definition of fascism, you know, before we just got into this current era of just redefining everything according to our whims, behaviors, and desires, the classic definition is an alliance between elites in the private and the public sector for the purposes of dictating customs and transactions and, and, and contracts uh, to the, the population at large. And that's essentially what was attempted here by the Biden regime via corporate America was to impose a jab mandate through employers being the enforcement mechanism. And, and we are in an era now where the old Lee Iacocca CEO largely does not exist, unfortunately. A lot of these CEOs are uh, of these major corporations are true believers in this agenda or at least willing to play footsie for it in order to avoid a bad ratio on Twitter. Do you think these sorts of settlements where they're now, when people like you and plaintiffs like yours take them to court, Matt, they're on their own, right? Yeah. I mean, government yeah. government looks at them like Tonto once looked at the Lone Ranger. What do you mean, we? You got this. Yeah. All right. So, right. so you guys were willing to wear the black mask and hoist the black flag and be our executioner. And then when the, when the, when the reverb hits government, nowhere to be found to offer free legal, uh, you know, representation or any partnership in any of these things, these corporations were left totally on their own with their pants around their ankles. Are they going to get the message of what that means for them going forward with similar type of lawsuits, Matt? I, I sure hope they get the message. And, you know, obviously the government uh, urged them to go into this direction, forced them to go into this direction. Some of them went in there voluntarily because, like you said, they have gone ideologically bankrupt, just like the current administration. But either way, no matter what reason they're there, they need to now learn they must follow the law. They can't be blatantly pushing this 
Biden ideology to get the shot or be terminated. And that's the ideology that he's been pushing. And, you know, he's not been doing a very good job. He's losing a lot of these. The, there's class action already protection for the Navy, the Air Force, the Space Force. We anticipate one coming down the pipe pretty soon for the Marines. We're moving forward with the Army and the Coast Guard. We've got now the first settlement against a private employer. And here, if you can have this kind of a settlement against a private health care hospital, then, boy, the other health care facilities, but specifically the non-health care, they ought to wake up mm-hmm. because you would think, well— the hospitals might say, well, oh, we have a higher interest to get our people vaccinated or with this COVID shot because they're always in contact with everyone else. But on the other hand, you know, they have to follow the law just like these other non-healthcare workers and employers. And if you can do this in the healthcare arena, which we did and we'll do more than even more so in the non-healthcare arena. This literally, Steve, should send a major wake-up call to all these CEOs, these corporations that made these bad, terrible decisions and abused and terminated their employees. And it ought to give encouragement to these employees to stand up for their rights, not be intimidated, and not back down because there is justice if we pursue it. And obviously, you guys or firms like yours can't represent everybody. So just as this sends a message up the food chain to the Cleveland clinics and the Mayos and the rest of private industry with this precedent, I would imagine local representatives, local attorneys who have been very hesitant since the advent of what I call COVID stand to take on a lot of these cases, which is why it's fallen to people like you. Um, I exactly. would imagine. I would imagine there's a lot of now local attorneys that are like, wait a minute. That's quite the payday. Maybe I need to take a second look at, uh, you know, uh, representing uh, the people against these interests. You're exactly right. I think it's going to spur other people in the for-profit private sector that do employment law all the time. They've been sitting on their hands during the last two and a half, three years, and they've not touched these cases. They've had a lot of calls like we have, and they've turned them down. And Others, employment attorneys that represent employers, they've been telling the employer what they want to hear. Just do what you want. You'll be okay. Well, they need to reevaluate their recommendations. But the people that are in the private employment litigation law firms, they need to start standing up, get off their hands, and start representing some of these people that need representation. And so I believe this case will literally be a wake-up call to those private practitioners to say, hey, wait a minute, we just missed a big boat here. And there's a lot of money out there because they're just looking at it from a dollar standpoint. And we've turned down a lot of these cases. We need to get back in the ball game. They should have been out doing what we've been doing from the very beginning. But they were just buying the rhetoric and they didn't take these cases. Matt Staver with us from Liberty Council. Uh, him and his firm, one of the very first to get into the battle against COVID stand in the courts, just won a huge settlement uh, against North Shore University Health System on Friday. $10.3 million on behalf of more than 500 current and former healthcare workers who were unlawfully discriminated against and denied religious exemptions from the COVID jab mandate. Moving, moving forward here, Matt, was there, a, was there a secret sauce to why you guys were able to get them to cave? Or was it just as simple as they really didn't think anybody would, would, would allow a court to give the standing to punch them back and force them to have to defend these decisions? Well, all of what we do, we do to the best of our ability, strategic litigation against uh, certain entities in certain locations. But we also have really good attorneys that are... 
um, full-time with Liberty Council that did a lot of the work. And, and so we spent a lot of time on it. But we also looked at a lot of the policies. And like we suspected with these other employers, you know, Tyson is, a, is an example. Many of these others, airlines are an example. We've seen these employment policies. And they're just blanket denials. You know, when they terminate 500, when they have like 500 plus people affected and they've not granted any religious exemptions, you don't even have to look at their policies or their practices. You know they're not following the law. And so we knew that. And once we got into discovery and we pointed it out, it's like, you guys don't have a leg to stand on. You better settle this now. Otherwise, you're just going to be spending a lot of attorney's fees defending a case that you're going to lose. And that's what they ultimately decided. They had no winning uh, road to victory. Did you see this Zogby poll, Matt, from over the weekend? We talked about it um, during the opening of the show. 15% of American adults in this poll from Zogby diagnosed with a new condition after a COVID jab. And here were the top five cited new conditions. 21% autoimmune deficiency, 20% blood clots, 19% stroke and lung clots, 17% liver damage, clots, heart attack, 15% disruption of menstrual cycle, GBS or Bell's palsy. Um, 47% said these symptoms were mild. 43% said serious. 10% 10 said they're severe, still recovering. There's a story from Australia over the weekend which shows 0.3% of everybody jabbed in that country is reporting a serious uh, adverse effect and the government is compensating them for that. The reason why that number matters is that's about the infection fatality rate for COVID before we had jabs was about 0.3%. So I, have you seen this kind of data and, 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 and what would it do to further bolster cases like what you just won here? Oh, we've seen that kind of data, and that kind of data is coming up in a lot of different uh, journal articles now and research. And we saw that data coming up in the VAERS database and also the DMED for military. Uh, so it's been out there for some time. We've talked about it. We've messaged on it. And the journal articles are now starting to come out to message the same thing. And more and more people, once they get asked these questions, it's pretty obvious. These shots are not safe, nor are they effective. And the problem, Steve, is not only the experience that they're having now, but what is going to happen down the road. Mm -hmm. uh, what you know, in in our military case, we presented uh, four medical, three medical experts, and we presented lots of research. And one of the issues that we presented earlier this year was it's tearing down, deconstructing your innate immune system. And that means cancers and even people that have been in remission get reactivated, new cancers very rapidly growing, all other kinds of autoimmune conditions because your natural immune system is broken down by these shots. And every time you get another one, it further breaks it down. Blood clots, I've seen things that are just unbelievable. We think of clots as little tiny, uh, almost like small marbles. The blood clots that I've seen from pathologists are looks like worms. Some of those are several wow. inches to two to three feet long, wow. clogging up the entire artery or vein. Pathologists and uh, embalmers say they've never seen anything like this before, and they know the difference between having these clots from the COVID shots versus the clots from COVID itself. And these are clots caused specifically by COVID. And this nonsense of this new sudden adult death syndrome, I mean, 
yeah, we're having adults, healthy adults suddenly die. But there is a reason for that. And there is a causal connection to these shots. Hmm. If someone is listening right now and wants to be a defendant in one of these cases or wants to be an attorney representing said defendants, what would you say to them right now? Well, if they want to become a plaintiff in the case uh, and find a, a defendant, these employers, we can go. you can go to Liberty Council's website, lc.org, lc.org. Click on the legal help tab, and then we'll get in contact with you, and we'll um, we'll either be able to work with you directly, or we'll put you another in touch with people who may be able to help you. Because you need justice, and we need to bring this insanity to an end. And there needs to be justice for those people who were wrongfully forced to get these shots against their will. You guys have done great work, Matt. That's why I've been. Uh... When I've had availability to donate to what you guys are doing out of my own pocket, I would urge other people to strongly consider that at LC.org as well, because you guys have been on the front lines of this from the very beginning when a lot of others were scared, Matt. Thank you very much, brother. Appreciate it. Well, thanks, Dave. Thanks for getting out the word. You've been a consistent voice in this area. Thank you, man. Appreciate you. Take care. Thanks. Bye-bye. Get some reaction from you guys here in a minute after I remind everybody Bill Barr is still great. My four boxes of, that's right, I ordered four, four boxes of chocolate chip cookie dough puffs, and they are incredible. I mean, absolutely incredible. I still haven't seen one of those. All right. I'll bring in a couple tomorrow. Remind me. Okay. I'll bring in a couple tomorrow. Let you guys try them. Just saying. I want to help. I love the coattails. You know I do. I know. I think you're also just trying to guilt me into giving you a free cookie dough bill bar, but it's working. It's working. (laughs) All right. So if you want to get your chocolate chip cookie dough Bilt Bar Puffs, chocolate chip cookie dough chunk, number one in the Bilt Bar Flavor Power Rating, has returned and and returned rather victoriously, I should say. Uh, You can get that or any of their other great flavors, all covered in real chocolate, loaded with protein and packed with flavor, not packed with carbs, calories, or sugars. When you go to Bilt.com, use the promo code DACE to get 15% off today. 15% off today with the promo code D-E-A-C-E at Bilt.com. Let's get some reaction to the conversation we just had with Matt Staver. Well, because of what's going on in uh, the football world, we've been making football analogies lately. Well, in the football world, talk about the money. So how's the money? Got to follow the money. It's just too much money to turn down. Well, I like Steve how you kept coming back to that notion about the attorneys. This is the definition of why attorneys without any particular uh, moral mission on this particular issue or anything else, this is the greatest ambulance chasing opportunity in the history of ambulance chasing, which tells you if this does not open the floodgates, if they don't go after this cash... That should tell you about a level of darkness on this that I've been preaching before COVID came along, and Steve has certainly been preaching since COVID came along, that does not sleep. We are talking one ring of power of this because it's raining money on this if you want it. If you don't go after that, there's no good answers for why. We're sitting here in the health insurance capital of North America here in Iowa. The amount of workers that you have as pretentious in our own backyard within a stone's throw from here that you have as potential defendants to make it rain. No no one needs a little extra discretionary income in the let's go Brandon economy. You want to make it rain. Matt Staver and Liberty Council just showed you the playbook, bro. Yeah. Make it rain. I mean, yeah, you you said during the and and here's Todd, I 
I still have to have some. Maybe it's just because I, I, I want to believe this. That's why I believe this. I still have to have some optimism as well. Because, Steve, you said during the interview with Matt, there's a lot of lawyers waking up saying, oh, that's a big payday. There's a lot of legal departments waking up this morning if they see that and thinking, holy crap, that's my job <laughs> and everybody else's job if I don't put an end to this or do something or be able to defend it. And then once they realize we can't, you know, that works from the other way as well. So, you know, you're right, obviously, Todd, that if this doesn't end up with, I mean, this is a $10 million, what, a $10 million settlement? 10.3. 10.3 million dollars. And everybody settlement. got their jobs back. That's a big, big deal. So even though it's probably not going to be reported on in the, the mainstream press, that's going to make waves in the legal uh, departments at many, many companies. I would have to think around the United States saying, uh, we can't afford this. You know, even if we did go to trial over this, uh, doesn't it, maybe the devotion is that strong. But when we talk about tens of millions of dollars, we're going to see how strong it really is to the, to the jab. Stories like this are why I either A, don't take the black pill, at least not yet, or B, just go into straight. There is no point right now at, at diverting any of our time into cultural or political engagement because everything's so far gone. We literally just got to just put all of our time and energy into ecclesiastical pursuits to rebuild from ground zero because stories like this shows that there is still an, a kernel, a mustard seed, pardon the pun, um, of our belief system still embedded in this, in this body politic, in this system, that these kind of events can still occur. Right? And, and just as we were talking with Vanderplatz last hour about the Trump conundrum, that if after the last 28 months, and especially after what Staver was just telling you, he has seen as an attorney going through discovery processes with witnesses, what he has seen from embalm embalmers and pathologists, what, what did just look like snake-like blood clots that look like unnatural, right? If Trump's bragging about that stuff, guys. That, that's, that's what he's bragging about mm -hmm. saving you yeah. with, okay? Yeah. So if you're at that point, you're like, I'm out. And, and literally on your knees begging Ron DeSantis to run to try to not have to vote for Trump again, I can't blame you. Similarly, if the resume that I also gave you is why you can't wait for him to run again, I can't blame you for that either, right? This is the, the, uh, this conundrum exists here when it comes to our engagement. It is simultaneously true that we are at risk of being so far gone that, that anything we do to try to stop that goneness is a, is a pointless exercise, right? But it also can be true that there is still enough of what we believe active and available in this culture that they've never had to confront that before. They, they did this throughout the rest of the West without a proverbial metaphorical shot fired. The church had fully abrogated, had fully given up, and we're going to get more into that here in the next segment, just completely surrendered and rolled over. There was no such resistance. And still, and yet, even in a place like Canada where that is true, they still have lost two high-profile court cases there recently with the pastor they tried to lock up and with the trucker convoy person that they tried to lock up, right? And, and this is why I don't either go the other way, too. It's why I don't get blackpilled yet, and it's why I don't go... At this point, we're just doing a completely ecclesiastical show because cultural engagement's a waste of our time. Because... 
when we are willing and see that's the word and really it's the root word there will Matt and others like Brian Festa at We the Patriots USA, but similar to the small group of us that were willing to push back on this narrative from a data perspective at the beginning, a small group of people willing to push back on this on the legal front too. There was a will there. There was a will to say, eh, I'm going to call, let's go ahead and call the question. Let's call the bluff. Maybe you got me beat. Maybe you got a better hand than me, but I'm at least going to put my chips into and I'm going to, I'm going to make you show your cards. I'm not folding and walking away. You're not winning without a fight. Here, we're going to play it out. And lo and behold, here we are. Because we're not a nation of laws, and we never have been. We are a nation of political will, and we always will be. We got an over the, a note over the weekend from somebody with a criticism that I think has validity. I think I sent it over to you guys this weekend. I do think we kind of do make it sound like you need to do more, like, and us are absent of that. I think that's a valid criticism, okay? But the point that we're trying to make is, and there are definitely times we can make it better. The point we're trying to make is there is, we, I, and I'm just going to speak for me specifically. I have been in places in this culture most of you have not. Most of you have never sat on a stage at MSNBC, outnumbered four to one, and are live, nationally televised, eight minute, you know, uh, with, you know, proverbial gun to your head debate. I have. There's no there there. there, there there's no secret you're going to get ambushed with. The other big thing Matt revealed in that interview, these corporations, they got hung out to dry by government. Government was like, oh, yeah, you got this. Thanks for doing our bidding and left them hanging out to dry. And now they roll in there, man, with their you know what's flopping in the wind and not a case at all. They just had will. Were you willing to comply? Were they willing to comply with what the regime asked? It's always been about will. The Roman Empire began slaughtering Christians. And then when Christians had the will to persevere, it became the official religion of Rome. This has always been about will. Whose will is stronger? And theirs has been stronger. If we lose because they've got more potent ideas, smarter people, This thing collapsed on our watch because we lost our own principles and Weimar Republic this great country of ours and set the stage for them to roll in their next tyrant. I can live with all that. It'll be crushing, but that's, that's the story of history. What I can't live with, and I don't know about all of you, what I can't live with, though, is we got punked. Damn, I can't live with that. You got punked? You just gave up? You just didn't file any lawsuits? You didn't run for office? You didn't go to the school board meeting? You didn't drive your kids to school without a mask and say, I'm your Uncle Barry. You just, you just gave up? You just gave up. I can't live with that. That I can't live with. I can certainly live with divine judgment. Chris, man, we're way overdue. And deserving of that. Amen? Amen. I can live with... Dude, let the sulfur rain and I will not complain. I think I just did a rhyme. 
Let the sulfur rain, I will not complain. It's deserved. But what I cannot abide, what the dude cannot abide, is to get punked. Punked? Punked. Damn, that's soft. And we're just getting bitch slapped up one side down on the other. Punked. Punked. That's inexcusable, man. That just cannot happen. And so, yeah. That is why we are like, do something. Don't just passively listen to this and get pissed off and go home and follow right into the same routine, but do something. We're getting punked. They don't have the better ideas. They don't have the better people. They just have the better will. They're willing to see this thing through the end. We are not. And that's why we are closer to our end as we ever have been. This would be the worst, most inexcusable superpower collapse in all of human history. Because it would just be, we played ourselves. We got punked. Nope. All right, back here on the Steve Day Show. And I want to let you know about our friends over at realestateagentsitrust.com and these unprecedented times. Bing. Make sure you don't dare go into this Let's Go Brandon real estate market without a real estate agent with a fully vetted and verified track record of success. Where would such a person be found? Uh, right on the website, realestateagentsitrust.com. And not everybody gets on here. That's why there's a literally a waiting list of thousands of real estate agents who would like to be listed. But we're going to first vet and verify their track records of success before we recommend them to you. But just about anywhere you want to move to or in this uh, Let's Go Brandon era, get away from, we can probably help you uh, make an introduction to an agent uh, in your town that can help you get to where you want to go, help you to see it through from beginning to end in the process. When you go to real estate agents, I trust.com again that's real estate agents I trust.com all right to close things out here on the show today and and apologies I know you guys love the ask me anythings we got word about this victory in the courts late uh, on Friday and we have a jam-packed week this week and we just did not want to wait uh, to get this news on. And so we made the decision to put Matt and that news on during what we would normally do for an Ask Me Anything because I think I think that's one of the most important stories so far this year, certainly one of the most righteous, and we wanted to highlight it as soon as we could, okay? But I also think maybe it kind of worked out providentially because two things happened to me over the birthday weekend. And when I connect the two of them, they lead to a point I would like to make to all of you in our audience, if you'll indulge me for a few minutes. Yesterday, our message at uh, our church included a, le- a history lesson. Um, well, when we do it on the evang- on the Protestant side, we call it church history. When they do it in Todd's side of the street, they call it tradition. Okay. But it was a lesson from church history 
and I've referenced this name before. You've probably heard me reference it before if you're a longtime viewer or listener to the show. Uh, but the name is Telemachus. And for those of you that don't know the story, Telemachus was a monk. And I think this is in the third century, uh, pre, pre-Constantine. Christianity is becoming more and more mainstreamed within Rome, but it's not yet the official religion. And he is a monk at a monastery in a rural area. And it feels like God is calling him to go and visit Rome city proper. And so while he is there, he notices that the biggest crowds assemble at this place called the Colosseum. And he's fascinated to know what what is drawing these crowds here in Rome. Because in other places at the time, you are seeing Christianity's growing influence in that culture. It's not fully cemented yet, but it's growing. When he walks in, he is appalled at what he sees. What he is watching are the gladiator games. People first fighting wild beasts to the death and now fighting one another to the death. And then when one gladiator clearly gets the upper hand over the other, the crowd will then decide whether the defeated human gets to live or die. And he just cannot believe what he is witnessing. So in the middle of this, he confronts Roman culture. Let me say that again. In the middle of this, he confronts Roman culture. He confronts. He confronts Roman culture. And he leaves the stands of the Colosseum and goes out onto the playing field. And he begins to scream out in Latin... In the name of Christ, stop. And at first, people are like, this is funny. Is it part of the show? And they're playing along, and the games just go on. But he continues in his persistence and righteous indignation. In the name of Christ, stop. And it's very clear now that he means it. And the crowd begins to boo and to hiss. One of the gladiators stabs him to death. To silence him. The last thing he says before death is he repeats one more time. He confronts them again. He confronts them again. He confronts them again. And he says one final time, in the name of Christ, stop. Those are his final words. Now, That did not go the way Telemachus had probably hoped. But, as Paul Harvey used to say, now the rest of the story. That was the last day of the gladiator games at the Roman Colosseum. The outcry at the savagery of the killing of this monk known as Telemachus. And given the Christian influence that was already beginning to emanate within the culture. Those two strains of thought, just good old-fashioned moral outrage and the imbuing influence of Christianity, created such 
an outcry, a level of outrage against that savagery, that that was the end of the gladiator games in Rome. But it wouldn't have happened if Telemachus, the monk, had not confronted, directly confronted. I asked a question, a series of questions on our show last week. I'll ask them again in light of the story of Telemachus. If the drag queen story time hour, the sole murder of your children, of the community's children, an abomination, if that were being held at the public school library in your town at the same time your church held public services, would your church confront that and say, in the name of Christ, stop? Would it do so if the library was across town? Would it do so if the library were down the street? Would it directly front those things in the name of Telemachus and say, in the name of Christ, stop? Don't twerk, don't teabag the children. Stop the soul murder with your abomination. In the name of Christ, stop. What if they conducted this soul murder of the children in the parking lot at your church. Would your church then, like Telemachus, get into the arena, confront the culture and say, in the name of Christ, stop? What if in the middle of your church service, as you were in the middle of your sensory-driven worship experience, And when things simmered down after the songs were over, you looked out the doors of your church and you saw they were in the lobby, in the lobby of your church, soul-murdering the children, twerking them, teabagging them with abominations. At that point, would your church, like Telemachus, get in the arena and say, in the name of Christ, stop, because Telemachus went all the way from his monastery to Rome to get in the game to get literally into the arena. What is the entry point of, of evil that our churches in this country would do that? That they would get in the game? That they would say in the name of Christ, stop. The fact we cannot answer that is why we are where we are as a society more than anything else. More than anything else. And there is no close second. We just had a conversation with Matt Staver at Liberty Council. That's from Liberty University. What even leftover remnants exhaust fumes of what the pilgrims started when they landed on Plymouth Rock, what the Great Awakenings gave birth to three, 200 years ago. We're running on the exhaust fumes, left generational leftovers of that man, gleanings. And yet, that, that still has enough power that when it's tapped into, look at the justice that Matt and his firm were able to get for 500 Americans. That's just with the fumes, with the exhaust fumes, the generational leftovers can accomplish still. What would like an actual harvest accomplish? Because there's no place where we're getting punked more than in our churches. 
I spent three hours reviewing the footage to Nefarious on Friday. And I have to tell you, I was, I, I was blown away by Sean Patrick Flannery's performance. I mean, just blown away. And without spoiling anything at all, there is one line that he said, there's one line of dialogue in this film I want to share with you because I think it speaks to this moment I'm talking about right now for the church and this culture. So I've told you guys before this setup to the film. There's a serial killer on death row in Oklahoma who claims he's not guilty of his crimes because he was demonically possessed by a being named Lord Nefarious who forced him to commit these ritualistic murders against his will. And a psychiatrist is appointed from the court to go and do one last psychiatric review to make sure the killer can is of sound mind to stand for his crimes. And you can probably guess, being of a psychiatric background, he doesn't have a lot of experience with demons or even believing in them. So he's going to be a tough sell, right? And there's a point in the film where they've had kind of their first contested back and forth. And as our psychiatrist walks back into the room, nefarious Sean Patrick Flannery looks at him and he says, ready for round two? And our psychiatrist says, I didn't know this was a fight. Let me just stop right there and let those words waffle in the air, however, and wherever, and whenever you are listening to this. He says, I didn't know this was a fight. And Nefarious responds, and that's why you're losing. The solution here is so simple, but it's not easy because we're not. We are the problem. We are. The people are the problem. And it's not just the people over there, man. It's too many of the people wearing our own uniform before we even get to confronting them. We got to confront one another. We're the problem here. Now, the good news is if we're the problem, that means we're also then what? The solution. But that's what's not going to be easy. Because just like Pfizer doesn't want to admit that they poisoned you for the last year and a half, we don't also like, we're not really fond of admitting our own sins. Like, do you, I don't know how it works over in your side of the street, but are you guys like, kids, it's confession. And the kids are like, dad, I got a longer list even last week. Is that what, how they work in the Catholic circles? Mm, generally. No, no, people don't look forward to that. They're not like... The priests are like, weren't you just here confessing yesterday? Why are you back here again? It's not like that? No? Generally not. Generally not? Okay, weird. Because I just think there's something unique in the human species. We just don't like admitting when we're wrong. When we blew it. But folks, we're blowing this. It's a self-punking. We have put the light under a blanket. We are hiding. Waiting Waiting for more red waves to save us. I've been sitting here bragging about how red we've made our state. We've got three of our congressional candidates, and we've only got four. 
three of them that are openly telling you they're for voting for so-called mm -hmm. gay marriage. Okay? <laughs> All right, so this is a self-punking. By the way, the list of Iowans clamoring for this, pretty insignificant. This is a self-punking. We are, we are playing ourselves. And there's a reason we're doing it. The church wants to tell stories about Telemachus, but it doesn't want to have its people become modern-day Telemachuses. And so we use stories like Telemachus to inspire people about for a time in the future when it could get really bad. You mean like now? Like now, maybe. Like now? Do we Telemachus now? Okay. Tomorrow? The next day? We don't ever do it. We just tell stories about it. But we don't ever Telemachus now. We don't ever do that now. And so since the institution that has been charged with training you to be the, new tele the next generation of Telemachuses won't, but just wants to theoretically talk about it. You now in your personal life and in your family life are just used to, we're just used to rolling over and getting punked. No one ever gets into the arena and says, in the name of Christ, stop. No one ever confronts. And when the, then when the fight comes to our face, we're like, I didn't know this was a fight. And the devil says, and that's why you're losing. And that's why you're losing. Gentlemen, final thoughts. As if on cue today, uh, the reading, uh, one of the readings today uh, uh, assigned uh, by the, uh, the Catholic Church is from uh, Jeremiah, where the, their red wave was coming in and a, a prophet... Uh, Hananiah, I, I think, but forgive me if I got that wrong, but says, oh, the, we will destroy the Babylonians for what they did. We, we will rain terror upon their land. And uh, Jeremiah says, uh, yeah, you're a false prophet. Uh, you will be dead within the year. And uh, because it wasn't about the Babylonians anymore. It was the heart of God's people. That was the scripture reading today. Hmm. I, I would like to, I would like to get back to a time um, if, if there ever was in my life, but I would like to get to a time where we're trying to pull ourselves back a little bit, dial it back just a little bit for the sake of our witness and the actual, in the actual real meaning of that, uh, of that phrase, but we're not there yet or even close to being there. We all, we all have more work to do. We all have more confronting to do. Let's get to it. We're going to get to the overtime here in just a minute for Blaze TV subscribers at blazetv.com slash days. For the rest of you, we'll see you tomorrow, noon to 2 Eastern, right after Glenn Beck here on Blaze TV, John 317. This is Steve Dace on the Blaze Radio Network.